And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Thursday. Hope you're having a great week. We're on fire this week. Thank you for uh, everybody listening in out there as uh, golf continues to ramp up in the United States. The West Coast swing is always fun to watch. And of course, they're at Pebble Beach this week. There is another tournament. It's in Saudi Arabia. We're not going to talk about that tournament here today. We're going to talk about, you know, the, the mental side of the game. Now we talk a lot of technique. We get in there and we like to say, okay, the club here, the club face there, the body movements are here and there. And this is how you hit a fade draw. This is his miss, you know, the X's and O's, right. And uh, we, we appreciate that. And, and in fact, this, this guest here today uh, is going to be doing a full breakdown of three of his players. That will be the podcast exclusive this month on Travis Fulton golf for my members and I'll be showing bits and pieces it for everybody, but you're going to have to wait for the X's and O's technical breakdown of that. Today is about learning, not only learning technique, different things on the range, but also particularly learning from a performance standpoint as well. And what you see from the best players in the world and how you can maybe incorporate some of that into your game. So to help me with that, I need someone that is much smarter than me to articulate all of that. And he joins me now, one of my friends here, Justin Parsons from right up the road at Sea Island. How you doing, man? Travis, I'm good. That uh, that blows me away and I'm definitely not any smarter than you. I sure well, love that. <laughs> when it comes to this aspect, I'm you I'm all ears, right? Because Look, I, I've dabbled in this some as well uh, when I was teaching a lot in full-time. This is a huge part of the game, the transfer from learning technique and something new that oftentimes really gets good on the range, right? Something that we, oh, yeah, I'm getting it. But then when we try to go to the golf course and the performance aspect, that's, you know, sometimes there's some breakdown there and there's a big gap, especially with amateur golf. But we even see it in the professional level as well. So this is going to be fun. So I want to start the conversation as we get right into it here. Well, I think, I think one of the things that I, okay. I, I, we can, we can, we can do here is lead it in that, you know, I, I moved to the States just over three years ago now. And I started, you know, very, very fortunately working with some incredible players and mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, still being, you know, on the PGA tour and, and then having this opportunity to work with guys at sea Island. And one of the things that, I, that really struck me was that, when they got a new coach, what they tended to want was some sort of rebuild or relearning of things um, that they would feel, and rightly or wrongly, they would feel would, would up their performance levels. And to be truthful, over the last sort of, let's say, two years, if you look at the body of work and the reputation I would have, it would almost be much more along the lines of getting them to play golf better. And I wouldn't be known as a swing technician, if you like. And I think that was due to the fact that I was in this position where I could recognize that if I was giving these players more and more information, in many ways, it would be like, if I'm going to try and find a needle in a haystack, am I going to put more hay on the haystack? And the answer to that is clearly no. So if I'm going to get these players to play better, I'm going to try and dismantle the amount of information, the amount of thoughts that they have so that we can get to the kind of the core of the problem or get to the solution quicker and then get them back out playing golf. And it, it kind of piqued my interest this in terms of like the way that we should be uh, planning our sessions with players, the way that we should be 
you know, working towards the, the, the performance state and, and, and really knowing, and I think that you, you and I and, and many, of your, many of your listeners and perhaps not all of your listeners, and I think we all try and, uh, we all try and do this rightly or wrongly from time to time. If we're thinking about the movements that we're making, if we're internalizing the movements and we're getting very complicated with the movements we're making, there's 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 a lot of evidence to suggest, and I'd be probably living proof of it, that it really deteriorates your performance. So, you know, we're in the world of of golf performance, trying to help people to play better, mm-hmm. and, and that's certainly why I got involved in, uh, you know, in, in certain aspects of this. So it's not so much golf psychology; um, it's maybe more timing, prioritizing, and training correctly to achieve good performance. And and for those of you that don't know, Justin's been on a couple times, and Justin worked hand in hand with Butch Harmon for many years, who, you know, let's face it, is the most successful teacher when it comes to working with players at the PGA Tour level. And this is a good start. I appreciate you taking the reins here and kind of getting into this. And when a player comes to you, what is what are the steps that you start to take to kind of unwind a little bit and really get to the root of the problem? Because as you know, out there, there are some players that jump around, right? And they and they kind of jump around and it almost feels like they're as they jump around and, and they're looking for some kind of secret or some kind of code that's gonna really release them to be able to go out and play and win and this and that. And what happens is it seems is that the confidence, Justin, when a player jumps around or they start to seek a lot of different advice is you're just kind of, okay, you grab this and it works for a day or two. And then, oh my gosh, now where am I? And then, and then you grab this and this works for a day or two. Okay. Now that is not working. And then, and pretty soon, like your confidence becomes almost like day to day, you know, on one thought or one thing that you're grabbing from. And everybody that's listening, this is something that you can relate to as an amateur as well. If you're, if you're trying all kinds of different things from different teachers. So as they come to you and and you start to kind of peel the onion back and you're like, okay, that, that takes a while, right? Just getting to, to learn about someone takes a while. You know, Jamie Mulligan told me on Monday, he started just getting to know Francisco Molinari here over the last few months. And he's just kind of getting to the point where, all right, you know, now maybe I could suggest something, you know, I mean, it's not day one. Hey, club face is here. Let's get it here. Off we go. Then work that way. It takes a while. It takes a long time. And that's where, you know, again, um, I think I'm very fortunate to be at Sea Island. You know, I know you know your way around these parts very yep. well. And, and to have, you know, access to guys when they're, when they're not on the road, because then you do, to your point, you can get to know them. You can, you can chat with them in the gym. They could be out hitting golf balls in the evening and you wander over and have a talk about their families or what they did at Thanksgiving. And you, you get to know how they operate, what their learning styles are, what kind of language they like to use. And that's a massive part of the, the coaching process and something that, you know, again, at, at, at my stage, I'm fortunate to be able to take take time to get to know people. And I think for the, the, the people listening, I mean, consistency then really comes from not always doing exactly the right thing, like scientifically the right thing, but consistency comes from doing the same thing over and over again. And if you are jumping from, from thought to thought and from thing to thing, you know, your brain's in that consistent place of learning, which doesn't really achieve performance. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do, of course, from a golf perspective, you're trying to cement some very specific movement patterns 
um, some of which, of course, have to be adaptable to be able to shape the ball and things like that, but some very specific movement patterns that you can rely on and become so well-learned that you can then apply them to the game of golf, which is chaotic and difficult at the best of times. You know, we always talk about, you know, the, 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 and that's where Butch is a master. He'll, he'll say that the game of golf throws enough curveballs at you that you don't need to be out there thinking about your golf swing all the time. And that's why, you know, we, we tend to always come around to the fact that, you know, when you're actually playing the sport, you need to be playing the sport, not thinking about the way that you're trying to move your right hand or left wrist. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go through that process because that's a good segue because player comes to you and, and next, you know, next week we're going to release a lot of this insight that people love when teachers start breaking down swings and Justin's talking about, okay, here's what Harris works on. And here's what Louis Ustazen and works on. And here's what Brandon Grace works on. And, you know, we dig into that. I, I you know, I love it. You know, I've been doing this for 22 years, so my audience loves it, but let's take a player. They come, you, you've kind of peeled the onion back. You spent time and you're like, okay, now so-and-so whoever that player is, we're going to change this and whatever this is could be club face, could be pivot, could be whatever. And the reason is because if we can do that, then, you know, that'll be a higher probability of impact. You can hit the shots that you want to hit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like we, everybody's different. So you start to get these changes in place. What's kind of the first step that you have to go through to start making that player understand the change, be able to quantify the change. And then we'll get to then how that will transfer to the course where they don't have to think about it as much. Well, the, the interesting part of that is, I mean, you know, and again, the Butch, Butch's words come into my head whenever I, I think about this. And he said, you know, when you get a tour player who's got his name in his bag and he's got a PGA tour thing that he wears on his belt, you've got to recognize that he's a really good player. And your first, your first responsibility is not to screw him up. So you've got to recognize that he's probably been a very good junior. He's probably been a really good college player. And he's probably got some really well-established movement patterns that your responsibility is not to destroy. So in that regard, oftentimes I, I myself would be looking for the things that would need to be specific small improvements to make that, uh, to make that very, very well-tuned engine fire just a little bit better. And obviously that's different to taking a 10 handicapper who's a good athlete who wants to be a scratch player. Maybe then we have to really kind of, you know, put the book out and say, right, this is what we're going to do. But a lot of times with tour players, you know, it's reminding them what they do very well, creating one or two themes that they're going to have to rely on in order to be be within the sort of the training part of the program. So for example, with some of the guys I currently work with, Patton Kazar's uh, work really surrounds his posture because he's such a tall player um, and controlling his trail side and his backswing. He has a lot of kind of like sneaky sway slide in his golf swing. Mm. So specifically controlling that trail side, controlling the proportions of his golf swing. Um, I would say with Brian Harmon, Brian's a fabulous player with a, with a beautiful golf swing, gets a lot of loft on it early. We work hard off, off the road on, on little takeaway movements just to make sure he doesn't get the face of the club too open. Um, and when he does that, sometimes his 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 pivot, his rotation gets a little bit flat. So it's making sure he feels like he's able to to complete his backswing with with a good angled pivot um, as a left hander. Obviously, with his right shoulder in position, left shoulder a little bit higher. You know, and I think we'll go into the three other guys that that, that we'll talk about. But you know, from that aspect, then we have a we should have a training uh, part of the program that will have. 
um, gym strength and conditioning uh, parts of that that's going to bleed into the golf swing. You know, I, I see a lot of great players making practice swings at home, swinging in a mirror, making movements when they don't even have a club in their hands. I always remember, you know, back in when I was in Dubai and Rory used to work with us an awful lot out there and he and his coach Michael would come out, they would do these prolonged training camps and Rory used to do his little workout in the morning and then he'd pick up a club and you'd see because we had these big mirrors and he'd be swinging and making golf swings and I thought, you know, I could look at his eyes and he was really, he was focused on what he was doing. He was focused on the movements that, he, that he's making. Now, of course, you can do some of that on the range but that would really be where it ends. You know, you're going to do your, it's your movement. You're perfecting the movement. You know, the things that you're feeling, you're maybe hitting some range balls like that, but that's not, you're not going to take that to the golf course. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that training aspect, then that might lead into what I would refer to as more preparation, which is making sure that you're working through your, your, you're working through your shot patterns. You're understanding your tendencies to your point. You're putting yourself in different situations that may or may not, not be comfortable to you. Uh, you're challenging yourself around the greens and with with different games, uh, and you're working on your routines and triggers that then directly lead to performance. You know, we know from you know the, the world of you know different endeavors from from people who have to go and fight in wars for livings and things that the airplane pilots, the biggest thing that you're going to be able to control under pressure are your routines and your triggers. You know, you listen to the great coaches like Harvey Panic through the years, Bob Rotella through the years, they knew when their players were in good routines and major championships and they could see them going through their routines that they were going to handle it very well. So they weren't having to think about anything other than the things that they trained. Wow, there's so much there that I, I was I was making some notes and a lot of good stuff in there. One of the things that that I have success with and is trying to create that environment when you're getting into the technique changes and you talked about Harmon and you talked about Kazire is to create this environment where they can have some self-discovery, right? So it's not so much of me just saying, here's what I want you to do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and going through every possible scenario of feel and like under, you know, understanding and perfect explanation from this biomechanic, like, you know, less is more, right? You use your words efficiently, set the environment where it's like, okay, okay, this is what it means to me to get the club face a little bit more closed versus open, right? Yep. And that self-discovery of them kind of telling you, yeah, this is, yeah, this, oh yeah, it feels like, oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, that looks great. And where was it yep. before? Okay, that now oh, it was a little more open, right? Yeah, so now they're kind of just, they're telling you what it means to them and I had a lot of success with that, even when I was working with some players when I was at TPC Sawgrass is it's like one of the, I realized early that I'm saying too much. Like I'm just talking too much. I'm talking mm-hmm. almost like I'm trying to sell them. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, like you said, they're already, they've already got their name on their bag. You know, they, they don't need a ton here. And, and, we need to kind of do a little bit of this. I had a player who was kind of moving off the ball a little too much and the bottom would get kind of moved back. So, you know, get him feeling like he was a little more left and he felt almost like he was reverse pivot. And then we would show him on video and it was, it was great. And it was this feel versus real dynamic that we really had to filter through for quite some time. And it's like, I'm almost like going down this process and I'm just talking and trying to sell him that, no, this is for real. Like you got to believe me, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the reality is 
as, as time went on, you get better at it. It's like less is more. Create the environment. Let them self-discover. Let them talk. Let them tell you what it feels like. And then from there, it's like set, that seemed to transfer more from a feel standpoint out to the golf course. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that touches on some very interesting things. You know, I, I talk about the, the, the cycle of being a, being a human being. And when you begin to, let's say, you're, let's take the golf example, when you're 10 years old to 15 years old, 15 to 20, 20 to 25, those different, even though there's only five-year little gaps, you're such a different athlete. You're such a different human being between 10 years old, 15 years old, 15 to 20, 20 to 25. So... At, at 10 to 15 it's okay you can tell people what to do you know you're, you're used to being told what to do you're mm -hmm. at school you're telling people exactly what to do interestingly when when you see players getting into their early to mid 30s and i would say that the tiger woods success with with his friend rob you know, he didn't really have a coach for that little successful period he had for three or four years right rob was always there and, and all rob was doing was he was he was telling tiger if tiger's feels match the things that he was seeing he was used to seeing so to your point that was just pure self-discovery on tiger's part with somebody he trusted giving him that feedback so you know you're right once you you know once you um put together the concepts and have the player understanding what they're supposed to be doing you know quite oftentimes you know i think of what what happens with Patton. we, we work a lot on that stuff in the studio because i don't he doesn't like to if he's doing something technical he wants it to be technical and if he's going out hitting balls on a range he wants it to be preparation or performance so i quite oftentimes i find myself just shutting up and recording every swing he makes and he'll say give me a look at that and i just mm. pull it up and he'll say no take it the halfway back i'll say i'll take it halfway back and he says yeah that looks a bit better doesn't it i say yep hits another ball or take take this one up to the top okay my right leg looks a little better there okay hits another one and so to your point then he's going through that kind of guided self-discovery where you are quiet and you're letting them you know, figure a lot of things out on their own. That's very, very important. So Patton gets a little slide with his hip and he'll, so he's kind of feeling the turning of the right hip more kind of maybe back behind him or around yeah, him. It's, it's, it's an interesting, it would, I would refer to it as a, a very much a lower right quarter slide. So it's not even a hip slide. It's a, he moves across his, cause he's got very long legs. He moves across that right foot. The the, uh, the the shin bone, the lower leg would would exhibit a slide. If you took a line and drew it from the the ankle joint up to the outside of the right knee, you will see the lower leg slide across. So you know there are elements of of, of slide in that, excuse me, of sway in that pattern. Um, but it's not a traditional sway where his pelvis will just you know yeah. sway off to the right. Um, that that means he gets kind of stranded on his right side, and then sometimes he steepens the golf club as a result of that triumph try and get the club and get some pressure on it. Do you think it's important with your players or is it different for each player that they understand, okay, here's the new pattern. Let's just, let's just take a sway. For example, some people are listening and they have a sway. I don't see as many sways in amateur golf as I used to. Not as many like 10, 15 years ago. I saw a lot more open faces and a lot more sways. I still see them, but not as many. Anyway, I would agree, I would agree with that. Um, anyway, so sway, for people listening, um, that, that lower body kind of slides laterally. Pelvis is really sliding sideways. So, all right, don't, don't slide. Turn. Let the right hip kind of turn back behind you more. Maybe even lose a little flexion. You can exaggerate. Maybe feel for some that, you know, the hip maybe needs to feel like it's moving towards the left heel a little bit for a right-handed player. You know, you can exaggerate. Anyway, it doesn't slide. Is it important for a player 
to understand, like if I'm standing there saying, okay, now show me the turn without a slide. They do it. You're happy with it. Okay. Now show me the slide that they can toggle and quantify both old way, new way. Is that, is that important? Do you think in the learning process to where they're like, now I, I understand both patterns. I don't want this. I want this. Absolutely. The funny, my, uh, one of my mentors in my career, Dr. Greg Rose, who Travis, I know, you know, uh, yep. You know, he, he put something together for me one day and he said, what's the easiest way to change a golf swing? Number one, easiest way to change a golf swing. What is it? And I said, well, I don't know. He said, and it was, it was cool. He said, introduce pain. And I remind, it reminded me of an old coach we had in Ireland growing up. I was playing for the, the Ulster team and Don Patterson, who's sadly passed away. You might remember Ronan Rafferty. Don was his coach and he used to pull our hair. I don't have enough hair left anymore. Don wouldn't be able to get me as good as he did or pull our ears and stuff when we were making incorrect positions in the backswing. We don't do that as much anymore, but the number one way to change a golf swing was to introduce pain. The number two way to change a golf swing was to change the concept. So once you change the concept, to your point, this is a sway, this is what you do, this is the correct thing, this is the feeling of the correct thing, this is the feeling of the incorrect thing. Once the person understands to some degree that concept doesn't have to be implicit understanding, but understands there's a correct way to do this and there's something that's holding you back, that is a fantastic way to get somebody into a, a better mind frame to be able to pursue improvement. All right, so we've got Patton. He's, he's got his feels. He, he's, you're showing him on video, right, that it's what he wants. And that's where video is helpful for a teacher. It's helpful for a student, but I got to tell you, it's helpful for the teacher too, to really show, especially if feel versus real has a big gap that no, indeed, this is look, <laughs> right? Like this is where we want to be. And like, that's what I was telling you about the player who had the upper body sway and I'm getting them to, you know, do his thing left. And he's like, you know, oh, that's a, I'm like, here's the old way. Here's a new way. Now show me. And anyway, but the video helped it helped quantify like, yeah, we're on the right track and the player gets confidence feel versus real is met. They're the same thing. So Patton's he's got that going. He's feeling good. Now he's ready to go play. Let's talk about how these players think now when performing and taking, what do we take? What do we take from the success we're having now in developing this new pattern out to the golf course and transfer and be instinctive where we're not, thinking about the golf swing so much um his one overriding thought within that is try to make sure you don't lose control of the club in your backswing don't get too long try and make sure you you know where the golf club is in the backswing and we talked about you know the sony open hawaii the last hole i've never been out to that tournament but the last hole you, you could be forgiven for teeing the ball really high making a big old long swing and trying to hit a big hook around the corner and that's a golf shot that Patton can play. So he and I were talking about that and saying, well, that kind of, that can almost bleed into the good work you've done. You know, mm -hmm. you hit that shot, you get all long, you get underneath it, you get around the corner, you hit a 330, his case. Uh, and so we just said, look, if that's your ninth hole of the day, which it's going to be on probably one of the days, uh, go to the 10th tee and just make sure you make a couple of nice organized golf swings before you hit the tee shot off 10. So knowing that there are going to be there's going to be a theme that's going to be like a simple theme that you can feel when you're playing. There are also going to be situations that are going to 
potentially uh, put you back a, a little bit. And that could obviously be physical. It could be the way you sleep, could be the way you breathe, all these different things that can happen. But that you understand that, you know, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, but we want to get back onto that blueprint because we believe that's going to be the most successful for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our best golf is our best golf is when we're instinctive golf, right? We're not thinking positions, but rather just shot. Here it is, right? I'm going to, I'm going to hit this shot and yeah, there it is. Right. Kind of in like you're you're out of your own way. You get, you're kind of getting out of your own way. And is it a fair statement to say that the higher the handicap and the more skill that you have to learn to get better, probably the more you got to think about, the technique in the early stages as you start to develop better technique so you can develop more skill, right? Where PJ tour players are through the roof with skill. We know that. So, you know, we gotta be careful, right? We can't get them to overthink. It has to be really small bite size to try to influence what we want to influence, but also not take away from their genius where they're now they're thinking golf swing and not, just play golf and what makes them who they are is they know how to play golf, right? They, they know how to hit the ball from point A to B and then on the green and then make a score and, you know, and do that all over again. So it's fascinating, you know, it really is like, cause like you just can't take a 25 handicap and just say, Hey, just, you know, who's taking lessons and wants to develop and this and that. It's like, we, we got to get in there and start rewiring some things. Well, I think, I think you're right. But also I think, I think it's our responsibility, even with a 25 handicapper who comes down and wants to get better to help them understand this is what you're supposed to be doing when you're training for this sport. This is what you should be doing to prepare to play this sport. And this is what you should be doing when you're playing this sport, performing, if you like. So, and I think, I'm not so sure we've done a brilliant job at that in golf instruction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just generally, I think we've tended to give people excellent information Mm. and then say, okay, off you go, run with it. And then all of a sudden this poor guy's on the first tee at seaside here with the wind off the left and he's trying to, you know, take it inside and set it and hold his spine angle and he hits it 40 yards right and wonders what he did wrong. Well, yeah, well, you you weren't there. You're not you're not in the mind frame to be able to play golf. So if it's a 25 handicap, you mean you could say, well, the advantages is that you know he's not gonna have to have as many shots. He's not gonna be challenged to play as good golf as a tour player. So therefore we could make the, you know, we could make the shot selection simpler, make the expectations simpler and, and still try and perform it uh, with the right mental uh, framework. Yeah. Let me ask you this with the players, cause you have a number of players. We mentioned Patton, we mentioned Brian Harmon, Patton Kazire that is. And in the full breakdown, we, we get into the analysis. We're going to be talking Brandon Grace, Harris English and Louis Eustace. But with your experience with these players, even go back to your days with Butch. Is it is is there situational golf even with these players where it's like, okay, tournament golf, we tee it up, got the first tee jitters, whatever, off you go. Right? You kind of get into the flow of the round and the tournament and, okay, first round, second round, third round. Oh, my gosh, you know, first page of the leader. Is there that moment where it's like, okay, damn, I got a chance to win. You know, like it, it kind of hits them. We're now situationally, it feels different all of a sudden. Like mm-hmm. I was this guy just cruising, da, 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 and now it's like, okay, wait a minute. Late on it's Sunday afternoon and I'm one back with four to play. Like it's like hits you and it's like situationally now, can I what do I do? Like my you know, my 
we, I get maybe a little anxiety. My, my nerves are starting to kind of race. I'm not breathing as good. Like, you know, like there's a moment where you can kind of see all of a sudden a player is different from that moment of the start to that point because they realize I've got a chance to do something special, whether it's make the cut for some, or in this case with your players, it's win. And that situational, is that something you talk about with your players when it hits them and how to handle that? Uh, we would discuss it uh, with me being like a, um, an inactive advisor in terms of trying to get them all to frame that in a very positive way and play to win and be aggressive when you're in those moments. Some of the guys love it. You know, that's, that's, that's the reason why Harris English plays golf. He just adores getting into a tournament where he starts to get those juices flowing and he starts to feel like he's amongst it. He loves the competition. And others need to be reminded that, you know, this is what you're here for. You've got to go out there and enjoy those times when they arrive and try yeah. and embrace them. Um, and and I, again, I think, you know, different times in your life, you're going to embrace that. And sometimes you're going to shy away from it. And from a coaching standpoint, we just want to make sure that they try and take the positives from it and, uh, and enjoy it, embrace it and play to win and be aggressive. And again, I, I, I feel sounding like Butch, you know, that's what Butch would always have said to them. You could go out there and try and win the golf tournament. Um, and that's, uh, that's oftentimes what will lead to the better performance. Yeah. You gotta, you said it, you gotta remind them sometimes, right. Cause they get in that moment and you know, things are kind of moving around and maybe it's a little bit different for them. And it's like, no, go win the golf tournament. And Jamie told me about Luke warming up on Sunday. He drove down early and had to, he wanted to be there for Luke Liss's warm up on Sunday at the farmers. And he said, man, something just, he goes, something was different. Like he hit the look in his eye. He's hitting it good. And he says, it just felt like he was on a mission and sure enough, he went out there and shot 66 and it was good enough, you know, which 66 on, on the South course on a Sunday is golfing your ball. I mean, that's, that's well, a, it's amazing. Yeah. That's a, it's that's amazing. a big boy golf course. And it's cool. It's cool to see somebody, you know, Harris did so well and, and Jamie and I are close friends. It's cool to see someone like Luke who is an unbelievable player and hits mm -hmm. it a ton. You know, you watch him and it just, sometimes it makes a bit of a different noise when Luke list hits it. So I was, I texted texted Jamie and texted Luke on Sunday, and you know, delighted to see him come through and, and pull that off. And it can set up a great year for a guy like him. You know, he's got mm -hmm. uh, his best best golfs in front of him. Yeah, I could talk about this for forever. It's just, it's just fascinating the the mental side, especially with a tour player. I mean, you all work so hard. Um, the amount of text I did it for like I don't know a year or two, and I was like, I don't know if I'm wired for this. <laughs> you know, like, and so I kind of got out of that business, but. I know how much time you guys put, especially when you have five or six players like you do who are world-class players and know how to win. And, you know, they want your time and your expertise. And, you know, sometimes it's not, or a lot of the time it isn't technical. And we're going to talk some technique here in the next segment, segment but uh, a lot of it's just conversation, comfort, reminding them, you know, and that's where the coaching aspect and knowing your guy comes in on when to maybe maybe give them the nudge you know and say hey let's yeah. let's go play to win let's not this isn't defensive golf let's go play to win you're the best player this week let's go you know and then sometimes maybe we got to pick them up and encourage them and you know they're kind of feeling like they're down a little bit and you have to be a little softer and that's man there's just there's no probably real book to that you have to get in and just learn i would imagine and every experience you have and all the different players that you work with just makes you a more rounded coach. I would imagine because they're all just different characters. They're all just different yeah, people coming from different parts of the world. I know. I mean, that's where, you know, I always reflect on my time in Dubai where I taught 
you know, people from every part of the world, you know, there's people living there from Malaysia to Japan, back to the States, to South America. I think it helps with your communication, but I think you have yeah. to love people in this sport. You've got to enjoy, in our, in our part of the sport, you've really got to enjoy being around people. You've got to enjoy, you know, the frustrations and the frailties of, of, of human beings and trying to get the most out of them. And that's, uh, you know, that's something I'm lucky that I still love doing. And um, I was down at the Bears Club all weekend, standing freezing for once in Florida. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, and I've, I've been putting together some stuff for Brandon for the year and planning mm-hmm. and preparation of, uh, in our sport, planning and preparation is really, really important. Um, yeah. I think even for the, you know, the, guy, the, the people who aren't tour players, kind of knowing what you're going to do when you get to the range, having an understanding as to whether you achieved it or not. You know, I think that can be really beneficial for every golfer. All right. Good stuff. Justin Parsons, Scribe Show podcast on a Thursday next week. We'll be launching on our platform stripe show podcast exclusive where we're going x's and o's into the swing techniques of three of his players harris english who we talked about uh louis ustazen who everyone likes his swing but another swing that i really am interested to learn about is brandon grace don't miss that next week justin thanks for joining us here thank you travis thanks for having me